Hi there, I'm Dan, and welcome, or welcome back, maybe, to the Shaw Vineyard Church Podcast. Hey, at the end of this episode, please take just a moment to subscribe in iTunes or in your podcast app of choice. That way, you can get every message from our church straight away on whatever device best suits you. You know, it's our hope that the message that you're about to hear in this episode would encourage you to take your best next step in your faith journey. So let's get straight into it. Well, good evening, everyone. It's good to see some familiar faces, some new ones from last week. We were taking attendance and we noted down who wasn't here. So I'll be, I've been listed to follow up with you guys, see that everything's okay. No, I'm, I'm joking. I'm Tim. It's good to be here. This is... Hi, I'm Zoe. Yeah, this is Zoe. We've been married, for, I think, for, what is it, 20 months now? So Yeah, just little toddlers. Yeah, little toddlers in this walk together. But we're really excited to be here. This is our second week and it feels like it's been a bit of a bit of a whirlwind. It was pretty strange coming in uh, last week and meeting a few new people. Met Liam um, and a couple others. And he was like, oh, it's my first week. It's like, it's house too. Like, and he was asking, what do we do with this? It's like, I have no idea. I don't know how anything runs here. I don't know who anyone is. Like, I, we're just as lost as, as anyone else. So we feel, um, but with that said, we do feel like it's, like it's home as well. Everyone's really nice here, which is cool, which I guess you have to say, but also is true. So uh, yeah, it's genius. So we... Um, we're really grateful to be uh, welcomed and, and to be here and, um, and thankful, thankful, because we know it's quite a vulnerable thing. Um, it's vulnerable for us to share a bit about us um, to a, a bunch of strangers, but it's also vulnerable for you guys to open up your church and uh, invite us in to come in and serve or, or whatever that looks like, because it's, it's a risk, because like, what if we're weird? What if we're crazies? What if it's been a really bad hire and you're stuck with us for the next little while? Um, but it's the same for us. Like, we, we took a step of faith. What if you guys are weird or crazy or, or strange? Um, the good thing is, well, to, to save the time, we are weird, um, but also so are you guys. So it, it works pretty well, I think. So it, it's a real hand-in-glove moment. But um, we thought today we'd just expand a bit and share a bit about our stories, uh, where we're from, and, and in terms of faith and in terms of together coming to this place. But also we thought we'd share a bit about our, our whānau, our background, uh, and our family, just because each and every one of us is a product of our environment so much. So hopefully if you know our, our family and where we're from, you'll get a bit of a... We'll make a bit more sense, uh, but we're really looking forward to sharing that. With that said, we've got like 15 minutes to do that, so... Um, to try and summarise your life story and your faith in a 10 to 15 minute segments, pretty tough. So this is, is kind of like walking into a library and picking up a book off the shelf and, and just reading that out or alternatively, it's kind of like a LinkedIn profile, like just the best bits. So um, you'll find out about the not so best bits uh, moving forward, but <laughs> maybe. No, definitely, yeah. Um, so, yeah, a bit about us, whānau stories and our story. And after that, uh, we'd love to lead you guys in communion and take communion together as, as a church whānau. Uh, first, who's up? Is it mine? Yes. So that's, um, that's a 1995 or 1996 Hamilton Island in Australia. Not pictured as my other brother, Lucas, who's taking the photo. I put that up there. One, because I look adorable in the middle, but two, because I was just really interested that I've lived a whole cycle of fashion now, um, that 90s fashion has come through and come back in. So it's pretty awesome to, to see that. This is us growing up. Uh, this is at Zoe and my, Zoe and my wedding. So I'm, I'm the youngest of four boys. Uh, so uh, 
In the photo, there's obviously myself and Zoe in the middle. She's wearing the white dress. I'm wearing the blue jacket. Uh, to the right of her is, is my dear mother, Nancy, in a burnt sienna dress. To the left of me is my dad, Alan. And then the brothers are Lucas on the far left. He is the oldest. He is an accountant by trade. He lives up in Whangarei with his wife and their three kids, uh, which is really cool. Uh, the youngest one's just... Oh, two months old, three months old, five months old, COVID, I, I can't track. Um, then on the far right is David, that's, that's my other brother, he's a teacher, uh, I th- he's a primary teacher, it actually might be in Forest Hill, I, I think it might be Forest Hill Primary, I'm not sure, I'll have to double check with that. He lives, he lives in Stanmore Bay with his wife Dallin and their two kids, and he's, he's, yeah, he's hilarious. And then there's Tony, he's my other brother, he is a animator in Vancouver. So if you've ever seen Hotel Transylvania or any of those kind of movies, he spends months on end making about three seconds of film. So that's, it's really time intensive. He loves it. He's just been to Montreal but hates the cold, so he's glad to be back in Vancouver. But um, yeah, I uh, love my family. Being the youngest of four boys, I don't feel the weight of responsibility like oldest kids do, but I also don't feel particularly misunderstood like middle children do. Um, <laughs> So it's cool. It, it, also, what I realised, what Zoe made me realise a few months ago is, so my brothers are two years apart, and then there's me four years apart, and she really loved to point out that I was probably an accident, um, which was true. I mean, there's no accidents in the Lord's eyes, but in the eyes of Alan and Nancy, it was unexpected. And this is a bit of Zoe's family. Um, so that's a, that's a way back when photo of, of my gorgeous family. Um, I'm the one on the... On the right, proudly. Um, I've come a long way, I hope. Um, so maybe next photo. Yeah, okay. It's probably more representative of... Um, yeah, so this is, this is my fam. Um, we've got um, my mum, my who is... She's darling. She's principal of a little school up in Snell's Beach. Well, it's not so little anymore. It's getting a bit bigger. Um, oh, and then there's my dad, Dean, who is just like... Dean's a meme. If you know Dean, he, he's the most lovable man in the world. He's like, <laughs> yeah, anyway, you just have to experience him. Um, He'll come up in a lot of sermons. Yeah, he comes the, up yeah. a lot. He's sweet. Um, and then we have um, my oldest brother, Ben, um, and he manages backpackers up in Pai here. Um, and then um, just my next younger sister on the far right is Beck, and she is the angel child in our family. And just, it's just the, the title in every way. Everyone loves her. And a bunch of you probably know her. I think there's yeah, a few people around here who will know some of my family. Um, Lucy, crazy child, we love her to pieces. She terrifies us and entertains us every day. And then Julia on the far left um, is my baby sister and we love her. And she's just joined us in the big wide world of university and other things and she's crushing it. Mm, it's so good. Coincidentally, Zoe's hair smelt really good that day. Oh. <laughs> No, it did, it did. Um, so those are our biological families, but we thought it would be int- uh, good to show you that um, our wider whanau as well. So um, this is um, some of our friends. This was our bridal party for our wedding. There was 12 aside. It was very excessive. Um, I wouldn't advise doing that whatsoever. Um, we, I think we're naturally fairly inclusive or, and indecisive. So between those two, that came through there. We fluctuated... 
in planning our wedding, we fluctuated between like eloping as a valid option, which most newly engaged couples do because they realize how fun planning a wedding is. Um, and, then, and then it was between, maybe we should have a wedding of 50 people, and then we went with 250 up to 300 or so um, for, the, uh, for the wedding and the reception. It was all at the same venue. It was insane. But um, that's, that's, our, um, that's, that's our tribe. That's our village. That's our family. Uh, and we thought it was really important to... Like introduce. I'm not going to run through who each and every one of them is, but um, they're, that, all, they're all really good friends. Yeah, we love them to pieces. Uh, they're, they're real cool, and um, we're real thankful for them in our past, and and for a wider sense of family here as well. Cool. Our stories. So, a bit of our stories. I was a. I'm a Baptist kid, right? Like, so I'm. I've been saved at six or seven different Easter camps on each and every night, you know, like through different, like, like my secret shame was never being able to believe well enough, though. I always struggled in being like, everyone else seems to get this. And I just like, for some reason, I don't really connect with, with what's going on. For me, in uh, youth group, I'd always feel there was this deep sense of like, ah, there's something really rich and meaningful here, but at the same time, just not really, un- like, People from the front would say stuff. I was like, are you sure it's like that? I'm not really sure. But I'd look around and everyone else seemed like, so then I'd be like, oh, well, it must be if everyone else thinks the same thing, which really fell apart when I had the thought, but what if everyone else thinks that everyone else thinks that? And everyone's just like in this like really weird circular reasoning of like delusionment. I don't know if that's like an actual phrase, but that really sent me for six when I was uh, thinking through a lot of that stuff. So after high school, um, done a few different things. Originally, I was going to do architecture, and then that kind of fell through because I had a terrible portfolio, and instead went into doing a Bachelor of Arts at, Psych- at Auckland Uni, which people do when they don't really know what they want to do with their lives. So I started that just trying to... There was no rhyme and reason to it. I, I literally applied because I had no other options, and then went down the list and thought psychology looked interesting to me at that time, and then saw sociology come up as well. I was like, oh, yeah, may as well... I kind of like social studies when I was in school. We'll give that a go. Um, that was it. That was the reasoning. And then through three years of twists and turns, I ended up with a degree in psych and criminology, uh, double major, Bachelor of Arts, which would be impressive if it wasn't a Bachelor of Arts, but I really enjoyed it. Um, no, in, in my final year, I met the, uh, John Francis and then Joel and a lot of the Shaw Vineyard crew back in the day when it was, there was invasion at Rowena Centre and all the crew there, so familiar faces from those times. But um, yeah, after that, after psychology, I, I really didn't know what I wanted to do, so I went back to the drawing board and I considered maybe I should do architecture again, but I was really uncertain at the time about the job prospects of architecture, so instead... I decided to go to Bible college and pursue pastoral ministry, which has worse job prospects. But for myself, it was at the point where you, you do get to a point where when you grow up in church or you grow up in faith, uh, maybe you do. I know for me, I came to a point where I was like, either this is incredibly meaningful and changes the entire way we see the world, or this is like a real waste of time, and what are we doing? Like, we could be sleeping in on a Sunday. We could be, I don't know, having mulled wine on a Sunday night. You know what I mean? So for me, it came to a point, um, which still could, still could. Yeah, 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 cool. Next week, yeah. Yeah, I was being so dualistic back then. Um, So for me, it came to this decision of, of, I'm going to give a year to this. I'm going to give this a real good shot and, and get to the bottom of what's going on with all this 
faith stuff and church stuff. I'd been involved in youth leading and worship and a, a variety of different things. So then I was like, well, we'll just do it. We'll go to Laidlaw. So I went to Laidlaw. And then three years later, ended up with a bachelor's of theology there, which was awesome. And learned so much about contextualization, learned so much about spiritual formation, learned so many things through there. Uh, but I'd say the interesting thing for me was all that kind of like wrestling, curiosity, engaging with all um, a variety of different things, discovering Jesus in so many ways through studying psychology and sociology, through to discovering the complexity but different ways of viewing faith at Bible college, which I hadn't been taught about. I would say all of that was awesome, but I truly got saved a little bit later on than that. And I don't necessarily mean saved by started following Jesus. I mean saved in a much different way. Because I'd grown up just really wrestling with this need to know, need to understand, be certain, need to pursue all these kind of little rabbit warrens of belief. But I think I got saved a few years after Bible college at this beach here. And this is called Whale Cove. It's in Stanmore Bay. There's a little, you jump down this little path and over some rocks and then you get down to this little place. And this is where I'd come after a particularly rough week or a difficult week or it's where I'd come to have some rest. And when I was sitting here at this beach, I, it was dusk, so it was around 6.30. We'll just say it's autumn. Sounds good. Um, but uh, off in the distance, let's see if this works, around there, yes. Um, off in the distance, there's a, there's a hill that comes down, a road that comes over from Waiweta down Hatfields Beach. And as it was getting dark, the cars had their lights on. And I, while I was sitting there, I had this distinct realization that if I wasn't there in that place, that the lights would still be coming down the road and that the waves would still be rolling in on the shoreline. And at that moment, I realized that if I was to not be there, if I was to have, have died even, that after about six weeks, most of the people in my life, it'd still be sad, but they'll probably move on with their life. They'll probably have moved on. And it sounds really depressing, right? But to me, that was so liberating. That was me being saved from my need to know, my need to have all these things sorted out. And ultimately, that actually saved me from this, from a view of God that required me to understand completely correctly in every single way, shape, and form. Because when, when I was sitting there and the stars were coming out, you realize that maybe God isn't so small to require us to correctly tick all these boxes in our brain, but maybe God is after something more from us. And I'd say, I'd say in that moment I discovered that maybe God loves that we discover him rather than just try and defend him. So for myself, when I was thinking this week, what makes me mad, sad, and glad? Um, as it links to this story, naturally I'm a real curious person. What makes me mad is when somebody tries to give gold coin answers to million-dollar questions and tries to, it's simple, it's like, I don't really know about that. <laughs> I think there's something deeper going on. I get mad at gold coin answers to million-dollar questions. What makes me sad is when I've been or friends of mine have been or strangers have been seemingly trapped in a small worldview. And what I mean by that is you can tell the size of someone's worldview by what they complain about. Uh, and a small worldview 
typically has people complain about how they've been offended by this, 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 this. A big worldview usually has people complain about bigger things apart from themselves. And you see it. You see um, in youth work, just people get trapped in this self-absorbed thing. And it is a prison that, that we create ourselves. And I get glad when that prison is broken down and people are opened up into a broader way of seeing reality and uh, uh, open up to awe and wonder because that's what happened for me on that beach. In the Proverbs, it says that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. It's one of the common refrains in um, wisdom literature. For me at that beach, it was realizing that. And for me, fear of the Lord is the beginning of all wisdom. Fear came... I began to understand fear as awe and wonder and that standing before God and God is God and you are, you are not. Like you re, and realizing your own insignificance within the significance of creation, there's a certain peace that comes with that and there's a certain wonder that comes from that and that's kind of led me and guided me since to instead of I'm trying to control everything to actually just wonder and to journey and to discover which leads me to, I think, a quote which sums up um, a lot of this for me and how I see God in life now. And it's from one of my favorite, um, I think, 17th century Danish existentialist Christian philosophers. Um, it was tough to find my top one, but he was definitely up there. So this is from Søren Kierkegaard. Life is not a problem to be solved, but a reality to be experienced. And I think on that beach I discovered that God is not a problem to be solved, but a reality to be experienced. And I think I discovered that people aren't problems to be solved, but a reality is to be experienced. And work is not problems to be solved, but realities to be experienced. That God wants us far more to discover than to defend. And that's led me to pursue, I guess, a childlike faith, not in the sense of um, like willful ignorance or anything like that, but childlike in the sense of why, 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 which is a very different thing and requires a deep trust that God's got this all in his hands and he, has, he leads us and guides us each step of the way, but he doesn't really give us a map. It's more of a compass and maybe a torch to shine the next step, which requires real trust and faith. That's a bit about my story, but yeah, it's been fun so far. It has, it's been really awesome and it's led us here, which I think is a good thing, well, We'll try out, but... <laughs> um, I'll just be real, real brief with mine. But, um, yeah, I guess um, for me, that, that's a photo of, um, of my home, my home for a very long time, um, where, yeah, where I grow up. And, um, and for me, I guess my faith um, has very much evolved over time, but... Um, started in that home we didn't really grow up going to church which in some ways I'm really grateful for in its own in its own way the way that that worked out for us it's just um I guess my mum just um had a really nice way of weaving our um pursuit of following Jesus into just the way you know the our everyday life and the way we interacted with our um just with the kids in our neighborhood and um our daily lives and um I I always remember um going overseas to a third world country and, and getting the question from people, are you guys going on a missions trip? And thinking, oh God, I don't know, what's a missions trip? And like going and asking mum and she's, you know, she said, you can say you're going on a missions trip or you can say that you're not. It doesn't, it, um, it doesn't change, you know, like if, if we um, go to another country or not, you know, the way that we live stays the same. We always 
uh, pursuit in the pursuit of um, basically trying to love others as Jesus did, you know, around us. And it was a very simple way to be um, raised, I guess, in faith. But for me, it made so much sense to me. And I really, um, I'm always grateful for that as a, as a foundation. Um, and that house represents a lot for me. Um, but, um, you know, growing up, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a seven on the Enneagram. I don't know if, um, if we're an Enneagram church. <laughs> I imagine we are. It's um, a cult. It's a trap. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when I'm, when I'm um, I don't know, when I'm not in my best face, um, I sort of veer toward the, the not great sides of a one, <laughs> which can be kind of becoming um, quite critical and, ju- and judgmental and trying to really figure things out, um, but not necessarily often in the best way. And I sort of ended up in this funny little, well, it was, it was a great church. It was a great church in its own ways, but it was... Um, yeah, about I must have been about seventeen, eighteen. I really wanted to um, kind of bothered me these sort of loose Christians or these Christians who didn't really get it or weren't giving their whole lives to God or whatever. And I thought, no, I really want to, you know, like study the Bible and get this right. And you know, like I just I really want God to love me a lot. You know, is <laughs> really what was behind that. But um, so I ended up in, the, in this little church for for quite a wee while, and um, and it was it was great for a little while, and and and. But there was just some, the church sort of carried that culture, I guess, of, well, that I was looking for, of sort of, we're right, and everything we do is right. And, and that breeds a culture of, well, if we're right, then they're wrong. And, um, and I, I quite enjoyed that. Um, <laughs> it was good for my little ego. Um, and, um, and I was only shocked out of that when... Um, Someone was reading from the front some um, quotes from people. It was actually Brian McLaren. I don't know if any of you know him, but he, someone I have now come to respect a lot. Um, and basically trying to prove he, that this guy is a wolf in sheep's clothing. And um, someone said, oh, so horrible. This, this guy should be shot for <laughs> putting this message out there. And I remember just going, like, oh, my goodness. You know, how have I ended up here? And this is so not what I um, – this isn't – Jesus, you know, this isn't really what I was taught, and um, even it was in my pursuit of that, um, but yeah, I just, I guess I became so aware of um, where perhaps that had led me in, in different ways, and I really um, became committed to um, unlearning some of that, and and moving beyond that space of, like, um, getting this Christian thing so right, and more into, um, yeah, what does it actually look like for me to embrace love, and embrace those around me, and um, to be not, yeah, not so sure, but but to be bigger, open-hearted, and um, yeah, there was. A, I started just engaging with some more Richard Rohr and some and some different types of, um, I guess, different ways of seeing things that started to really open my mind um, to what God's love really looks like and the freedom that we're really offered in this whole um, journey. And yeah, that was. Um, I don't know, that's sort of, I guess, for the last five years or so, um, that's really been a focus for me, is, is sort of this expansive love that God has and how can we embrace others that, um, and, and myself as well in that. So, yeah. Um, so we're doing this mad, sad, glad thing. So for, um, for me, yeah, something that does make me mad, and it really does make me mad, is when Christianity becomes a real prison of belief for people. Um, like just a, a rules of who is in and out or, or how we ought to be. I just find that um, just so off-putting. Um, 
but um, and something that makes me sad is is when church is just stuck inside of inside of this one building. You know that it isn't something that that permeates into our whole life. Um, it doesn't make me sad. I think it's wonderful that it's in this building, but I just think, oh, that's such a short period of time. You know, imagine if this was something that filled all of our lives. Um, and something that just makes me really glad and happy is, is open-heartedness and lightness and people just discovering the beauty of life, which I realise is perhaps in some ways similar to, to what Tim was saying and, and perhaps a lot of that is we've journeyed a lot of this stuff together <laughs> over the years. But, yeah, those are some things. That's just a, a short little reflection of some things in my life. And I guess the cool thing is uh, I have a deep belief that God's got, God speaks to all people and sometimes not in the language we expect him, him God to speak in. Um, sometimes God speaks through the whisper of the trees rustling and the waves coming, through the shore, coming on the shore, right? Sometimes it's audible, sometimes it's not. But I do believe that in each and every one of us that we have something to share and contribute uh, to this community and to the, to the wider world. So for us, I think... Within our stories, we're still journeying and, and aren't even close to arriving and never would want to. You know, in two, three years, there'll probably be a lot that we've learned over this time. But I think what we'd love to bring to this place is, is that childlike faith and curiosity. And I guess the courage to um, name some things and address some things that need to be named and, and that, we can, that we can be a church that, that lives in the 21st century holding faithfully to the story of Jesus um, rather than, I guess, focusing too much on issues 70 years ago, you know, like the, not being stuck in last century. But there's, there's a lot of, we live in a really interesting world with, I guess, globalization, automation. It's like it was changed dramatically in the past 100 years and it's just ramping up. So how, what does Jesus have to say about all that kind of stuff? I think that's where I'm interested in. And then you just get into a lot of AI stuff and it gets really complex and convoluted. But these are the issues that I really think we need to be talking about. So... That requires a deep uh, curiosity uh, that God places in each and every one of us and a deep sense of trust in God that maybe God's bigger and more wonderful and more creative than we've, we've ever imagined. And maybe he trusts us as his plan A to work with him along that and to just believe that, that his, he's speaking. He's speaking. So I love that maybe we can help this uh, we can help bring a voice there that, that believes that God's speaking in a still small voice and help create spaces to listen to that and what that means for our world today. And as we lead into communion, just to share this moment together, I was thinking, um, this is our second communion with you guys, but I was thinking this morning, it's like, no, it's not. Like, we've been doing communion for years now together. We've all been doing communion uh, for the past 2,000 years with millions of people across history being shaped by the, the life of Jesus Christ. And we've even today been doing communion with millions across the world, each in their local context, wondering what it means to be the body of Jesus. So I was really comforted by that to, to just recognize we've always been part of the same family, you know? It's just more face-to-face these days. So as we come to take communion this evening, I would love um, if we could have the thin wafer and um, representative of the body of Christ and, and the juice representative of the blood of Christ, if we could um, take that together in a little bit, but as we come up and go back to our seats to reflect on what that means, that what, the, what that means to be the body of Christ, that you are a hand, a foot, a neck, an ear, <laughs> what does it mean for you to be the body of Christ 
in your context today or this week? How can you be the hands and feet of Jesus moving out, working as well? Because that's what's shaped human history over the past 2,000 years, that little question. And what a great tradition that we get to be a part of and global community of Christians being shaped by that message. Hey, once again, thanks for listening. And if you're in the Forest Hill or the Bays area of Auckland's North Shore, we would so love to have you at our next service this Sunday. You can get details on service times and more info on our kids and student environments by visiting svc.org.nz. That's svc.org.nz. Hope you have a great day and we'll see you next time here on the podcast.